It really, really is great to have you. I uh, trust you have felt welcome. All right, we're going to have some of the kids come and do something really cool and cute. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. The baby stood by his mother's side. Here lay the Savior inside a manger. Oh, what a glorious night.
Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is truth. I thank you that your word has the final say. I thank you that your word has all power. Lord, I thank you for the season. I truly do, and I pray that many come to salvation this year in this season, Lord. I pray that the why of Christmas would once again resonate in people's hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to speak to you this this evening, I guess, about the why of Christmas. You know, when I was growing up and many preachers and so forth, they, they actually dislike this. They dislike the image of baby Jesus because we all get righteous about it. We say, he's not a baby anymore. He's not on the cross. He's in heaven. He's alive. He has all power. And we have this whole attitude towards it, which is somewhat justified. But I want to use this as an option just to speak about the why of Christmas. Uh, for many people, the why of Christmas is, you know, about being nice and about being gentle and about being kind, and those things are all helpful. But the true why of Christmas, I really believe, has been forgotten. And so, I, don't, I know I say this sometimes, but I'm actually going to be short today. Um, <laughs> I actually will be. But uh, I wonder if you could turn to Genesis chapter 3. And uh, this is something that we all know, but I'm trusting that something pierces your heart today, uh, and that my goal, if I had a goal today, it would be to change what comes to your mind every single time you see one of these for the rest of your life. That would be my simple goal today. Genesis 3, we're going to go to verse 13. It says here, now what the context here is Adam and Eve have fallen, they've, they've eaten, so sin has come into the world. And this is what happened. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are more cursed than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. On, the, on your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust and all the days of your life, and I will, you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity. That word actually means hatred doesn't just mean a, the battle, it means hate. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Friends, right here is why, this is the why of Christmas. Because this happened. Because this happened, that had to happen. It's very simple. But I'd like to draw our attention, if we can, to two, to two sentences here. It says here, I will put enmity, there's two, there's two things, I will put enmity and seed. We have to understand that when we are born on the earth, Romans 5, if you can throw that up, Andrew, Romans 5 says this, I'll read it to you. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Thanks, Andrew. Friends, when people are born on the earth, and I know I've covered this a lot, but this is going to be very, very important. When people are born on the earth, they are born into a system. Can you throw up Romans 5.17 actually? 
They are born into a system where death reigns. It says, for if by one man's offense, that's what we just read, death reigned through the one. Meaning, from that day onwards, death reigned on the earth. There was a system of death. What are the wages of sin? Death. The Bible says, because you were born under Adam, you have all sinned. That's what we just read. You are born with a, with, you are born a sinner. This is what people don't understand. This is why people struggle. This is why mankind struggles. You're not a sinner because you do bad things or because you sin. That doesn't make you a sinner. You're a sinner because you're born a sinner and you have that nature inside of you, the nature of the system of death that's in you. And so you're just expressing your nature. You're just expressing what's inside. And so you follow what's inside and you sin. Because you are born like that. You're born under a system of death. And some people say that's crazy, it's not true. Friends, it's true. You're born under that system. The system is death. Because that's the end result of sin. And so when you're born under the system, we have to understand that every person is born with a death penalty over their head. People say, this is a lovely Christmas sermon. Every person is born with a death penalty over their head because the wages of sin of which you do because of who you are as a sinner when you're born is death. Every person is born with that penalty and no one can remove it. Only one. That's the basic truth of what Genesis chapter 3 is. That's what happened. But what was declared when this happened? Very important. He says, between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, I will put enmity. And he shall bruise your head. Sorry. And he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. What's the bruising of the heel? That's the cross, right? You know that. That was Christ. The bruising of the head is obviously when he overcomes the wicked one. Now, I have a seed because I want to talk about seeds. If you see there, can you throw that back up? If you see there, it says, between your seed and her seed. And, and he shall bruise your head. Between your seed and her seed. So people have always said, what's the seed? Is the seed the offspring, which is the people of God, which was the Israelites, now us? Is that the seed, because the ongoing? Well, no, because then it would say seeds. It says seed, with a capital S. You see? And then it says he. Not they. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his, capital H, his heel. Who's the seed? Jesus. It's not offspring, it's Christ. He, that's a person, that's a he. Jesus, Genesis chapter 3, is saying there will come a seed that will destroy what just started. Hello? Now, I have a seed in my hand. It's very small. I have very tender, beautiful, thin fingers. And so I'm surprised you can't see it. But that's a seed. All right? Now, let's talk about seeds for a moment. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. If you can throw that up. 1 Corinthians 15 says, Foolish one, what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. I have here soil. Soil, you see? Soil. I'm not lying. This seed will remain a seed unless I put it in soil and obviously water and stuff. But when the seed, for which it's purposed, when it's planted, it dies because it splits apart and opens and something else comes out. It doesn't grow another little perfect seed that comes out the ground. Then it would have no purpose. That's what it's saying. What you sow is not made alive 
unless it first dies. Next verse. It also says this. We're just talking about seed. It says, Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat, some of the translations say seed, falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Why? Because things grow up and there's more seed on there and they fall and we know the case. This is a very basic message. This is the basic understanding of a seed, friends. That if you plant it, you know, they get those baseball, you eat the seeds, you know, you, the sunflower seeds. You, now, you can't plant those because they've been destroyed by the time they get in that packet. But if you could, you could just go to the game, eat those seeds and be done, or you could put them in the ground and have a harvest next year and have hundreds of millions of seeds, okay? Because if the seed does not die, the Bible says, it remains alone. That's the nature of a seed. Okay. Very, very important. Now, what does this have to do with Christmas? As I said, in front of me I have baby Jesus. And everywhere you go, and everywhere you go over this time, in the stores, in displays, in churches, on streets, even people who don't believe in the reality of Christ like we do, you see this thing. And you see this image of baby Jesus. As we know, he's not a baby anymore. But every time you see him, I want you to see a seed. Because the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3, who's the seed? Jesus. Now we all know the parable of the sower. What's the parable of the sower? Jesus is speaking. It's Mark chapter 4. It's up there. They're going to throw it up. What's the parable of the sower? And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How will then you understand all parables? The sower sows the word. Who knows the parable of the sower? It says we are all sowers and we scatter seed on the ground and some fall on the wayside, some on the path. You all know that? All right. And we always think, and it is, this is what it means in Mark chapter 4 context. We think it means, well, the word, the, the sower is the, the, the seed is the word, which is true. But we always hear it from the context of the seed is the word of truth that we hear and has to go into our hearts and bear fruit. It's absolutely true. But the sower, the sower sows the word. So the seed is the word. But the Bible tells us in Genesis that the seed is Jesus. So is it the word or is it Jesus? It's both. I'm going to show it to you. It's very simple. Jesus came into the earth as a seed. We have to understand this. Genesis, I mean, uh, John chapter 15 says, I am the true vine, Jesus speaking. My father is the vine dresser. God I want you to see God as the great gardener. He is the great farmer. He is the great gardener. And he had one seed. That's all he had. And his name was Jesus. It's very simple. He had one seed. And the sower sows what? Sows the word, right? The sower sows the, the word, which is the seed. Go to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. I hope you're tracking with me. It's very simple. John chapter 1. Friends, in Genesis 1, the system of death entered. The system of death reigns. The system of death is what you're born into with a sin nature. Something had to come along to change that. And Genesis 3 tells us what it is. It's going to be a seed. It's going to be a he. And that he is a seed. And then Jesus, trying to explain, many thousands of years later, trying to explain, what are the principles of this kingdom that I'm from? 
Because Jesus said, I'm not from this place. I'm not, I'm not of earth. He said, in this kingdom, it's like there's a farmer who sows seeds. And he's trying to tell us how to grow and all that kind of stuff. But there's a greater truth there. Because in John 15, he says, well, my father is that farmer. My father is the vine dresser. My father is the gardener. And he has sowed me, Jesus, into the earth. Because it's the only seed that he had. Let's look at John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. Who's that? Jesus. And the Word was with God. So in the beginning was the Word. So when the Father sows Jesus, he did sow the Word. So when Jesus is saying the sower sows the Word, that's exactly what the Father did. He was the Word made flesh. And the sower, the Father, sowed the Word into the earth. We have to see that. He sowed the word, the living word, into the earth. It's not a teaching. It's a person. And he was not of earth, friends. And he sows him into the earth. Why? Because I wrote this. This is why Mary had to be a virgin. She was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. You know when the Bible says the Spirit hovered over the water? In the Genesis chapter 1. It's a very similar word that the Holy Spirit overshadowed. The Holy Spirit remembered when he overshadowed the earth, waiting in expectation. The language there is written from storks who rise above the nest and hover while they wait just before the egg breaks open. And the Holy Spirit hovered just before God spoke, let there be light, waiting for the dramatic manifestation of life to come from nothing. And the Holy Spirit hovered over Mary, overshadowed Mary, and waited for the word of God again to come and breathe life into Mary and put, and, and put Christ inside of Mary. And he, and he overshadowed Mary. And I wrote here, waiting for life itself to burst forth at God's command so that now even the stars, friend, think about this, the stars, all the stars aligned. We know the story of the star and the wise men. All the stars aligned. They're all aligned. Why? Because they all came to bow at the one who spoke them into being. Bible says nothing that was made was made, but it was made through Christ. It says all creation was done through him. So the stars and all creation comes to bow at the one who spoke them into being. And they see him. Let me just read it to you. Even the stars bowed and moved, and things aligned as the creator was incarnated into a man. They peered down on the one, capital, Z, capital O, on the one who spoke them into being, who humbled himself, who went through a human birth canal as a baby, had to be fed, he cried, he screamed as a baby would, but nevertheless, he was the seed that was to come, but he had no darkness in him, and he was not born under the system of death like everybody else. Because he was not of Adam, he was of the Father. The children mentioned it. He was not of Adam, he was of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of his Father. So along comes a seed. And then it says this. Verse 2. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. That's what I just said. And in him was life. Friends, not death. This is the important. This seed has in it the incapability to burst open and split open into the soil and become a massive apple tree, all contained in here. It's all already inside there. 
Jesus was sown into the earth as a seed. And in the seed, in him, was life. Because he was not under the system of death. Contained in Christ, when he was even like this, was all the treasures, the Bible says, of wisdom and knowledge and love and power. In the seed. It was all there. It was all there, inherent in him as a baby. The seed had met the earth. And we all celebrate the great and mighty things Jesus did when he was on the earth. We all celebrate saying, wow, look at the miracles, look at the amazing things. Friend, a seed has one purpose, to die. And as long as we celebrate what he did, and obviously I do, we love to see God move like that. He had not fulfilled his purpose in doing all that stuff because he was sowed as a seed. And unless a seed dies, it remains alone. And he would have remained alone in that ability, alone in that power, alone as a son of God. He would have remained alone. And his great life would have meant nothing if he didn't actually go into the earth and split open and die. Because he came as a seed. And friends, and in him, the Bible says, was life. Not death. Because he came to break the system of death. And in him was life. And that life is life eternal. That is not of this earth. So when he was sowed into the earth, we saw all these trem- wonderful things he did when he was still the seed. But he fixed his gaze. He said, I have to go to Jerusalem. I have to die in a hill that I created. And I'm going to go into the earth and I will die, but I will rise again. And you know what? Just like a seed, he did not come back with the same body he went in. Because this seed of a plant, it doesn't just produce another seed. It produces something else. And he came back different than he went in. Because he was a seed. He was the seed that was from the beginning. No death had no hold on him. So he went in. And the Bible says that life that was in him is the light of men. Let me read it to you like this. That life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness. This seed, this life in this seed is the light of men. Why? Because we were all once blind and now we see. It brings light to men. It brings light the Bible says, but the darkness, it says it there, the darkness did not comprehend it. And I've seen people all around the world trying to figure him out with this. But only when he went in and his seed fulfilled its function by dying, did that life that was in him burst forth. They experienced it a little bit on the earth while he was here. They saw miracles, they saw... But when he died, friends, that life that was in him cracked open. And from that moment, when the plant, when that stuff came out of the ground, that life has the ability to pierce hearts, relationships, people, families, changing your forever eternity because he went in the ground. He had to die so that that could be released, not just around his physical body, but could be released into the earth and the system of death is broken and he rose again in a different body so that you could be set free. And that's why he came. 
Read it again. Unless it falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. That which you sow does not come to life unless it dies. Friends, what does that mean? That Jesus is no longer alone. And I'm not talking about alone like lonely. Like, oh, I need my friends. No, not that. He is the firstborn, the Bible says, among many brothers. And unless he went in, unless he was the seed that Genesis has spoken about, unless he died, unless he came out, you could not be saved. You, he is the firstborn of many. He has a harvest and it's you. This is why the Bible says the life in him was the light of men. That's why the Bible says when he comes, they prophesied. When you see him, arise and shine for your light has come. That's why it says that. And he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Prince of Peace. Because he was the seed that was to crush the, the head of the snake. This is what this means. Last verse, throw it up. 1 Peter. Now you will know what this means. For you have been born again, and not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through the word that was sowed, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. That's you. That's you, if you're saved. So that's a very simple thing. I wanted to tell you, friends, when you see this Christmas, when you're walking around, when you see this, I want you to understand something. Yes, Jesus, loving Jesus, and he's nice and he's cute and whatever. He's not because he's almighty and lifted up. But friends, when you see every little display forever, for the rest of your life, I want you to have one thought. This is the seed that was birthed on the earth to die so that you could have life, so that you could live forever, so that you could be his brothers, so that you could be set free. But unless he did that, he would still be just a seed. And that's all he would be. Even as the Son of God, he would just be that unless he died. Amen? The Bible says this. Last thing. The Bible says, For unto us a child is born. For unto us a son is given. A child is born. That's the baby Jesus. But a son is given. A child, unto us, a child is born on the earth. He screamed, he needed diapers and whatever. He was a child. But unto us, a son is given. And that, friends, for me, is the Christmas story. That's the Christmas story. Can I pray for us? very simple Father I pray Lord I pray that we would understand in our hearts with revelation that you Lord came as a seed into the earth that you died that when you died the life that was in you split open and gave access to every person I wonder if you would just take a moment if you're comfortable. I wonder if you could stand, actually. We're just going to sing, but before we do that, I know we always try to have a shorter service with Christmas service, but if we could just take a moment.
just with the Lord and just thank Him for what He did. Thank Him for however you picture that. Just for this great salvation. Father, I thank you that you sowed the one seed that you had. Lord, you only had one. You only had one. You had one seed, Lord. And his name was Jesus. And you sowed that one seed into the earth so that he could live then he could die. So that his life that was inside of him could be released to every corner of the earth. Lord, we worship you, we honor you, we thank you, we bless you. We thank you for this season as a reminder of what we are here for. We thank you that we are light bearers as you harvest, that we are bearers of light, carriers of truth. And for that we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.